I'm here today with Amy Kenny, the author of a new book titled My Body is Not a Prayer Request, Disability Justice in the Church from Brazos Press. Amy is a disabled scholar and a Shakespeare lecturer whose research focuses on medical and bodily themes in literature. Her work has been featured in Teen Vogue, The Mighty, The Audacity, and Sojourners. Amy is a scribe for Freedom Road Institute for Leadership and Justice, serves on a Mayor's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Task Force in California, coordinates support for people experiencing homelessness in her neighborhood, and is currently co-launching Jubilee Homes OC, a permanent supportive housing initiative in her local community. You can learn more about Amy and all of her work at amy-kenny, which is K-E-N-N-Y, dot com. So, Amy, um, you know, first of all, welcome and congratulations on all the wonderful things that you've done. Thanks, Brian, and thanks for having me. So, um, maybe is there anything else that you'd like to let people know about yourself than what I kind of briefly touched on there? Well, you can probably hear part of my story just with my accent. I'm originally from Australia, and I've moved around quite a bit, so I'm definitely going for those Citizen of Heaven vibes. And I think the other very important thing about me is that I've never met a piece of pie I don't like. <laughs> uh, you had shoe fly pie? I never have. What's that? It's, uh, I think, native to the Amish population in okay. central Pennsylvania. So if you're up in that neighborhood, um, it's kind of molasses and, you know, some people like it, some people don't, but it's kind of just a unique thing. <laughs> nice. Well, savory, sweet, I'm all in. So, there you go. yeah, I'll have to try it. <laughs> so, um, before we get into your book, could you tell us a little bit about a couple of the organizations that I mentioned that you're involved with? Um, you know, I, I was curious about a couple of them, but one of them, Freedom Road Institute for Leadership Justice, I'm not familiar with that one. Freedom Road is led by Lisa Sharon Hopper, and oh, I... Oh, Freedom Road. Sorry. Yeah, and I, was, I am in a writer's group that Lisa and Marlena Graves, Andre Henry, and Shante Griffin led on Saturday mornings, and that's actually a lot of the journey of writing this book, was being in that group and getting to share bits of my story with writers and having them encourage me to share it with a broader audience. Wow, that's wonderful. Um, I've interviewed Lisa and, uh, and Marlena. I, I know them both pretty well. So um, I, I knew about Freedom Road, but I never associated with the rest of that title. So I'm sorry. I, I just think of a freedomroad.us, and, and then I didn't, I didn't know. So that's, that's great. I know I've, I've actually helped promote that writing group um, as great. part of – you know, um, writing for your life to let people know about it. So um, I'm really glad you took advantage of that. That's awesome. And yeah, it's a wonderful group. Anyone can join at any time. So definitely encourage writers out there to join. It's a very collaborative and welcoming and encouraging environment. So everyone's welcome regardless of what you're writing. Very cool. Very cool. And what about the, the homeless um, organization in OC is Orange County, I would assume? Yeah, that's right. So housing prices are incredibly high here in Southern California. And of course, that is why that we have a lot of neighbors who are currently unhoused. And in response to this, myself and a small group of friends support our neighbors who are unhoused at in our local community. We go to the laundromat and do laundry together, eat pizza together, and just really respond to the needs that they tell us that they have. So if they say, 
we need tops or we need umbrellas or socks or toiletries. That's what we show up with. And we do laundry together and just be community to one another. Wow, that's wonderful. There's another yeah. author, friend of mine, Kathy Izzard, I-Z-A-R-D, um, who wrote a book about um, her activities with uh, unhoused people called The Hundred Story Home. Hmm. Um, if you're not familiar with that, you might want to check it out. You guys are kind of kindred spirits. so. Oh, yeah, I'll put that on my list for sure. I'll see if my library has it. I definitely would love to read it. Yes, yes. So let's get into the new book. I mentioned the title is My Body is Not a Prayer Request, Disability Justice in the Church. So how did that book come about? What motivated you to write it? Well, I'm a disabled woman, and I grew up in and around churches, and I experienced a lot of ableism in church spaces and from fellow Christians. And a lot of times the ableism would be explicit, explicitly conflating disability with sin or asking me directly what sin is preventing you from getting up and walking or telling me that I don't have enough faith in order to be non-disabled. And that's not really a fun experience. Zero out of five, would not recommend. And I also would receive a lot of unsolicited prayers and potions. So people come up to me at church and in other spaces as well and give me curatives that they've made or suggest oils or eating kale or hitting my leg with a hammer. Somehow I'm still disabled. And also people would attempt to pray for me. And these would be unsolicited prayers that were attempting to get rid of my disabled body. So the book is a response to that, and it's a loving answer to all of those unsolicited prayers and potions, and also invites people to rethink some of those assumptions about disability that are really harmful. Wow. It's hard to imagine that kind of treatment, honestly, Um, but uh, I'm sad sad to hear that you had to endure that. Um, Who would you say the book is most intended for? I think the book is intended for non-disabled Christians, people who are a part of a church community or people who are not, who find themselves interested in including disabled people but just don't know how. Or maybe they've never really thought about disability very much. Mm -hmm. The book is for people who would like to have a meeting with themselves about ways that they can be more inclusive when it comes to the disability community in faith spaces. So not just pastors. Yeah. I, I think that while it's important for pastors and clergy and deacons and elders to read books like this, it's also important for folks who don't find themselves in any formalized role, but just want to love their neighbors well. So how's the book organized? The book is organized into 10 chapters, all about different aspects of my experience as a disabled woman. So there's a chapter on the disabled God and ways that I have understood God to be disabled and how that enhances my faith and understanding of who God is. There's a chapter on disabled church and what my hopes for disabled church could be and how we can create a space that is inclusive and following the lead of disabled people and learning from our gifts. 
the opening chapters are a lot about the ableism I've experienced and the arc of the book is then moving into what I would hope to experience in church spaces. And at the end of each chapter, I have a top 10 list of, you know, just sort of funny and absurd things people have said or done to me as a disabled woman. Top 10 remedies people have recommended, top 10 at least, top 10, um, you know, kind of comparatives people have said to me to keep, to give some levity and keep the the topic light since there's a lot of heavy material in the book as well. Sure, sure. Well, that's that sounds pretty fun. And I know one of the comments that I read about it was, you know, kind of your witty, you know, sense of humor. So that was, <laughs> that's always adds something to the book when people can do that well. Thanks. Yeah, you're never really sure if wit and puns are going to come across. I love a dad joke. So you're never sure if that's going to translate on the page. But I thought, well, that's how I talk in real life. So that's how I'll talk in the book. And then we'll see if it resonates with folks. And I'm glad when it has. Sure, sure. So um, I'd like to read a couple of the endorsements for the book uh, from a couple of our other author friends, one of them being Lisa Sharon Harper. She says, Kenny writes with devastating humor and uncommon depth that will remind readers of Anne Lamott. All hail this new and necessary voice. So I have to ask, how does it feel to be compared to Anne Lamott? (laughs) I mean, yeah, when I first read that she said that, I was honored and flattered and excited and a little bit tingly all at once. So yeah, the idea of being compared to Anne Lamott is a real gift and something I just never expected. So that's a lovely thing for someone to say. What kind of similarities do you, do you see um, between your, your writing and hers? Well, I didn't say that. So I don't know if I do. I'm not sure if I'm out here saying I, I am similar to Anne Lamott, but I think something that Anne Lamott does well is authenticity and the realness of her work always really comes through. I feel as though she's never afraid to name the thing and to speak truth, even when it's squidgy and uncomfortable, and even when it's parts that many people might shy away from. And I hope to do that in the book. I hope to tell the nuance of my experience and not just the parts that sound good or exciting or make me look good, but the complexity of my experience as a disabled woman in church. Yeah. So the second quote is from Sarah Bessie. She says, I found this book to be not only a call to justice, but an invitation to deep blessing. I will be pressing this book into the hands of every ministry leader I know. (laughs) So um, why would you say that every ministry leader needs to read this? Wow, so you're going to make me blush reading all of these <laughs> endorsements. I won't read any more, but I thought but, those were great. They were both from people that I worked with. So Yeah, and what an honor to receive both of them. I felt really touched by both of them and by all of the endorses. I think that what Sarah Bessie is getting at there is this idea that a lot of times disabled people are left out of church leadership, church planning, ministry decisions, And a lot of times, anytime disabled people are talked about in a ministry context, it's that the ministry is to disabled people, not with us or led by us. Mm -hmm. And so asking for ministry leaders and church leaders to read this book and then to apply some of the truths and calls to action that I invite people to would mean that church leaders would then 
have no other response but to include disabled people and learn from our variety of gifts. Well said. <laughs> so um, what would be like your best case scenario for the book? What, what are your biggest hopes? I mean, aside from right now, talking to you, um, I think my biggest hopes for the book are that people read it with an open posture and not one of defensiveness and not one of thinking hashtag not all Christians or not my church or not my community, but read it with an openness to receive and to be willing to change. And I have already received so many stories from people who have read the book and wrestled with some of the stories that I tell and have shared that they have done some of the things in the book or they have experienced some of the things in the book if they're disabled. And that's really tender. And I hold that with a lot of care that people would take the time to share that with me. And so I think those small moments where you get a glimpse of that thin place, I think those are best case scenarios for a book like this. Mm-hmm. So looking forward, um, anything you can tell us about in terms of either future books or future projects or work that you um, are headed toward? I just follow the cloud, so I'm not sure I have it planned out yet. I think that something that's been really wonderful about this experience is that I didn't set out to write a book. I started sharing bits of my story with the writing group led by Freedom Road, and over the course of that, this book emerged. And so I think that sometimes when we try to plan out what's next, we we try to control it and we don't have much control over that anyway. So whatever I'm doing, I will be promoting disability inclusion. I will be celebrating disability culture and I will hopefully be creating space for disabled people and non-disabled people to Mm co-flourish. Well, it's great. Um, uh, in our How to Heal Our Divides uh, book, we have chapters from a couple of disabled folks, you know, included it, uh, as part of that effort. And I want to continue along those lines. So maybe we'll have some opportunity to collaborate further ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important that people think about disability in terms of social justice and in terms of diversity and start to learn from what disability culture can offer whether it's in your church context or your um, your community, I think so often it's assumed that disability is sad or bad. And even when people don't say that part out loud, that's still underneath a lot of the assumptions. And so moving into a space where we can learn from the different gifts that disabled people have to offer the beloved community, that would be my hope. Very cool. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, the title of the book is My Body is Not a Prayer Request, Disability Justice for the Church. And you can learn more about Amy in the book at amy-kenny.com. So, Amy, thanks so much for joining us this year. It's great to get to meet with you and, um, you know, look forward to uh, reading your book and, and learning more about your work going forward. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Thank you.